Was I really sounding that testy? Was I getting too testy? Was that it? Was you it the, were getting a little bit aggressive for a bit there. Was it the kid or the uh, the hiatus from marijuana? That's the question. Probably a little bit of both with some COVID uh, exacerbations mixed in. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I've got my, uh, my fill of vitamin D this summer, so maybe that's bringing my vibes up as well. What are you drinking tonight, today? I'm drinking some Claws. I've got to go to a dinner after we record. Uh, late dinner, 9.30 dinner tonight. Um, so Interesting, I gotta, very European. Yeah, got to ease into it. Um, Do you realize that it's a celebratory episode today? Holy shit, is this the anniversary of our first episode? It's our two-year anniversary. Holy shit. To the day. To the day, it was August 20th, 2018, was the first RHR, that, episode 40 that makes of sense. Tales from the Crypt. Because we did it on a Wednesday, didn't we, or a Tuesday? Cause we, we started in like, the beginning of the week. I don't know, but the crazy part is that it was August 20th. Yeah. And I looked it up. It was, I just looked it up coincidentally, and I was like, oh my fucking God, it's been two years every week. I think we skipped that one week we felt bad about. Yeah, it was like a Christmas break week or something like that. But we had some doubles to make up for it. Yes, yes. We, the uh, stimulus apps. We, we expanded our, our episode uh, monetary base during so COVID. That, the first RHR was episode 40. When you interviewed me was episode 20. And yesterday's episode that we dropped with Leishman was 186, but all the numbers are fucked up now because RHR isn't included in the numbers. So we're really like way over 200. Two, so cheers to that. 200, yes, and all. Yeah, cheers to you. Cheers to us, brother. It's been a great uh, it's been a great two years. It flew by. Holy shit. Cheers to the freaks. Cheers to you freaks, too, for subjecting yourselves to, to this show. Here's to many more years, not just two. Fuck uh, yes. Lower your time preference. Uh, I can't believe we haven't done it in person in quite a while. Where we're going to next week. Oh, yes. Oh, shit. So we're going to do a Friday drop? I don't know what we should do because uh, we're sure. recording on Saturday in, at BitBlock Boom. So maybe we hit them with a double. I don't know. Yeah, is that a stimulus package? Yeah. This is this is classic Matt and Marty deciding on air what what we're going to do because we didn't talk about it yet. Yeah, we're very from the hip uh, show here. We could do like a Tuesday app and a Saturday app because it might be a little bit ridiculous to do like a Thursday app and then fly out to Dallas and then do a Saturday app. It's a little bit ridiculous. I like that. I like that. And I'm sure there will be plenty of news between now and next Tuesday to, to wrap about. There's actually some news it's not on the list now that it is developing that may be uh, more clear come Tuesday. So we can chat about that then, certainly. Ah, two years. Two years. It's crazy. It feels like both yesterday and a fucking decade ago. What block was uh, was Bitcoin? I have to find that out. Uh, August 20th. Mm. How are you going to find that out, Marty? You could search on blockstream.info as like good search parameters where you could, but I don't think I had the time to go there. How about this? Freaks. August 20th. 2018. 2018. First person to post in the Twitter comments what block that was. 50,000 sets. 
What, what are you going to give them? 50,000 sats. Screw 50,000 sats. I was going to give them a shout out on the next <laughs> podcast, but you can get both 50,000 sats and a shout out on the next podcast. Yeah. Over the Lightning Network. Send us an invoice and we'll send you 50,000 sats. Include it in the tweet. If you don't include it in the tweet, you're not getting the sats. So you don't have to. Inc- you don't have to include it in the tweet. Oh, uh, this is true. This is true. Because if you need to put like routing hints or whatever, and it's going to get delayed, it, that's not Marty's just adding extra requirements. If you get the if just you, a block, if just you a block tweet height. the block, just a block, the block height. height first, then you win. Okay, I agree. I don't want to muff up anybody's privacy. What if nobody answers? What if nobody cares enough? If no one answers, then we're 50,000 sats richer. Yes. And we'll have to look it up for next episode. And we'll tell the freaks, we'll tell the freaks what block height it was. Yeah, we'll purchase 50,000 sats. Um, speaking of block height, according to Clark Moody's dashboard, we are currently at block height 644,595. The price of Bitcoin is $11,872. That's 8,426 sats per dollar. Uh, we are between difficulty adjustments. 525 blocks away from the next one we're always between difficulty adjustments unless we're like recording during the block that the adjustment happens but uh we're we are uh 525 blocks away from the next one which is estimated to be on august 24th so that is four days from now uh next monday yeah next monday uh estimated to be a 3.2 percent increase uh my new favorite stat the samurai whirlpool unspent capacity 1361.86 bitcoin at the moment i've been i've been tracking that lately um also i'm calling it a liquidity pool now because that's what the cool kids are they're all obsessed with their liquidity pools Mm -hmm. so the samurai whirlpool liquidity pool we're farming farming privacy yeah, we're farming privacy. Uh, the the it was at a eleven eighty two Bitcoin on one thousand one hundred eighty two Bitcoin on August tenth, and now it's at thirteen sixty one. So that's a nice little increase. That number's been going up. That's uh, it's fifteen to twenty percent between there. It's pretty good, pretty good increase in three weeks. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. With 10 days. Um, oh, shit, 10 days. The fees right now, if you're looking to get into the next block, make sure you have 142 sat per byte transaction, uh, hour, 136, and then if you're willing to wait a day, you can pay three sats per byte. So keep that in mind as you're moving your Bitcoin, spending your Bitcoin. Uh, 23% of the network is running Bitcoin Core version 0.20.0. The GPTC, GBTC uh, premium is currently at around 15%, and the QBTC.U premium is around 23.6%. That's a Canadian version of GBTC, correct? Oh, I have no idea. Pretty sure. Uh, what, uh, publicly traded the- security that tracks a Bitcoin portfolio's field is the premium. Uh, Does it have a, like a, yeah, dot U? Uh, Yes, it's Canada. It's Canada. Yeah, dot U is Canada. Right now, one Bitcoin is worth 6.1 ounces of gold. It is 1.74% of the total gold market cap in Bitcoin. One Bitcoin will buy 280 barrels of oil. 
as we as it stands right now. Shout out to and Clark. Can you can you store that on a cold card? Uh, no, you can't. You can't. Rodolfo, when oil support cold card? Yeah, he just said cold card. Just turns into <laughs> huge ass barrels. Uh, check out the Rodolfo square on your bingo boards, freaks. <laughs> Uh, the mistake was letting us know what the bingo board said. Yeah. And um, ooh, the GPTC premium may be off. I'm checking the uh, the status of Clark's it doesn't matter. data feeds. Do you own any GBTC? No, but I actually had somebody, no coiner, reach out to me asking about it. And so if, if you guys don't know GBTC, we've talked about it plenty of times, but hey, there may be some new freaks here. GBTC is... Uh, a, a way for institute or people to get access to Bitcoin via their brokerage accounts, but it's a very illiquid product. They have twelve month lockups, and it trades at a premium to the Bitcoin price, usually uh, ranging between anywhere between uh, five to forty percent, depending on where the price of Bitcoin is. Again, right now it's around fifteen percent. It's a fake ETF. Yes. If, if when we eventually get a Bitcoin ETF, that premium will disappear overnight. Yes. But if you're interested in buying some for whatever reason, you should DM American HODL and he'll walk you through it. Yes. And historically, the game, if you're trying to trade GBTC, is the, is to play that premium. Uh, buy it when the premium's low, sell it when the premium's high, get in and out. Um, so just be aware. You usually want to do that in a tax-deferrable account. If you're GBTC is some high time preference bullshit. It really is. Uh, I mean, they, they pretend it's low time preference because they say, oh, it's in my retirement account. Yeah. But to me, as, as a Bitcoin holder, I think it's high time preference. And it makes more sense just that that's what I told my friend who reached out and asked. Uh, I said, yeah, if you want to if you want to play that game, trade that ARB, uh, do it. But make sure you have some Bitcoin as well that you actually real Bitcoin, that you actually not own. Bitcoin that Barry's. Silbert is owning for you. Yeah. Um, hey, Clark got a Clark got an advertiser. Hashtag buy them bitcoins. It's bit piggy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Farface, our boy, Farface Two K, FF Two K. What up, dude? You, you want to hit them with an ad before this becomes a mid roll? Uh. Well, you just you just ruined it. You got a segue in? No, we're not doing it. Unless you were looking to get some white glove vault concierge service from our good friends at Unchained Capital. Everything you need for $1,500. All right. Uh, Unchained, as you guys know, they've been rolling out their OTC desk. It's in a few states right now, but they're, they're building this white glove service around that and uh, their vault service. And they will, they will help you go from zero to multi-sig uh in a very smooth, seamless process. Somebody will be holding your hand throughout the whole way. Um, so the White Glove Concierge Service comes with a one-hour video session with a member of Unchained Capital's concierge team, including step-by-step vault setup instructions and best practice operational security tips. Uh, they're going to send you two Trezor Model T devices shipped directly from the manufacturer. So, And then when you get those, there'll be a 45-minute session with a member of Unchained's uh, team to configure hardware wallets and understand functionality. And then $1,000 worth of Bitcoin will be deposited to the vault 
once uh, the vault in the multi-sig is set up. So again, our friends at Unchained Capital are dedicated to providing Bitcoiners uh, with financial services and security products uh, with security first and mindset. They want to do it the correct way, the Bitcoin way. They provide uh, open source tools to the community. The products they use, they give back, they open source it, and they make it so that you can use it without Unchained. That's evidence with their caravan products. So if you guys are interested uh, in going from zero to multi-sig and having Unchained uh, walk you through this with a white glove, handheld service, go to www.unchained-capital.com slash the dash vault dash concierge dash onboarding dash package obviously i don't expect you to remember that we will put a link to that specific white glove service in the show notes and if you just want to check out anything that unchained capital is doing uh beyond the concierge service just go to unchained-capital.com it's unchained-capital.com they've got uh their vault product collateralized loan product and their blog, which is incredible. I actually shared uh, Drew Bonsall's piece on Bitcoin in space uh, in the concept of center of hash with somebody yesterday. And it was a good refresher to read read through that. It's a very interesting one. So if you haven't read that, go check it out again. Unchained-capital.com. Uh, this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is also brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Matt, did you see all the, uh, the dope glow-in-the-dark debit cards that people have been sending us? I almost bought one. I you have to pay five dollars to get it, like get your card changed. I, yeah, five dollars. I I don't care about the five dollars, but do you know how much I money the just, Fed's printing? No, but I didn't know. Like, do I want? You can get glow in the dark. You can get white. I I have the black one already, and you can. There's also like they have a designer one that's like thirty bucks. That was uh, done by a specific designer, so I ended up. Uh, freezing with decision anxiety, and then I didn't purchase anything. Yeah, decision paralysis. Yeah. Well, what we're what talking happened. about here is the boost card. And this is a debit card the Cash App provides you. Acceptable anywhere the Visa is acceptable. You can personalize it. It's connected to your Cash App, and you can go spend money wherever Visa is accepted. Uh, and then on top of that, you got their boost program where you can save at partner merchants. You go to a partner merchants, you hit the boost, you go, you save money. And then you can stack sats with that. Did you know that about the Cash App, motherfuckers? You can stack sats with the Cash App. It's the easiest place to stack sats. Uh, you can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. Uh, they're making sats a standard. Matt, we're, you started this trend. We're not buying... We're not buying whole Bitcoins anymore, or we're not buying fractions of Bitcoin, excuse me, we're buying whole sats. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, they have Cash App Investing. You guys have heard the stonk spiel. If you're into stonks, you can go invest in slivers of stonks. <laughs> Cash App Investing is a subsidiary square, a member SIPC. As always, when you download the Cash App, when you pick out your, your boost card, when you start stacking sats uh, via the Cash App, when you download the app, make sure you use the code stacking sats. That's S T A C K I N G S A T S. You're going to get $10, and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. Use the code stacking sats, download the cash app, and pray for that poor owl that just died on my deck. Not, not a real owl, PETA. Don't come after us. I didn't kill it. It just died. It seemed like it. Marty tried that, his best to resuscitate it. It was at the, the yeah. I did. I did during uh, the episode. It's uh, uh, 
two things there. First of all, I never really pointed this out, but it's kind of funny that we went from fractions of a Bitcoin to whole sats, and then we went from like whole stocks to to fractions of stocks, <laughs> right? Which is ironic. And the other thing we never talked about, I remember it every time we finished the episode, is that we kind of weaseled stacking sats into Joe, Joe Rogan? Rogan's podcast because we share a sponsor and and the, his cash app read now is stacking sats, which is just, that's pretty awesome. The power of a sponsor right there. How's that feel for you personally? Joe Rogan's you know, it, uttering it, it a phrase kind of feels, that you popularize. It, it feels like a cheap shot uh, because... You know, we kind of, we kind of stacking sats like bought its way into the Joe Rogan pod. Like it'll be a true win when he just says it as a part of his vernacular. Like when it becomes Joe's lifestyle, that's when we win. But it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice little win in the meantime. It's a very big win, I would say. Bitcoiners have a lot of influence in this world. We do a lot behind the scenes that uh, the mainstream doesn't realize. Uh, we got Bitcoin sign guy behind Janet Yellen. Uh, We've got people infiltrating uh, banks. Uh, we've got, I gave a, a, a presentation to a bunch of oil and gas execs today about Bitcoin and, and, and mining off of waste gas. There's influence all throughout the space. And Joe Rogan now has to utter words that Matt O'Dell popularizes. It's pretty, su- it's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. We're staying to humble. Be clear, to be clear, the freaks... And all the Bitcoiners out there popularized yeah. it, you know. They picked up what you were putting down around with it, you know. Damn right. Let's yeah. fucking go. Yeah. Um, speaking of freaks, we got three shout-outs this week. First one, I feel like it happened as we were recording last week because this seems like two-month-old news at this point. Uh, but here we go. Dudes, I haven't s- even seen the Portnoy Winklevi cringe fest, but fuck them. Portnoy was going... For clicks over substance, Bitcoin Marty and Matt O'Dell would have schooled him proper. Don't ever change, guys. The freaks are on your side. Uh, that feels like years ago now. Right. Anon. Um, Thank you. I just want to be clear that I love Dave. I think he's fucking fantastic. Dude is just, he's just a special beast. You know, I, I he was trolling the NFL today. He wants the naming rights to the Buffalo Bills Stadium. Um, I mean, we called on this podcast that, of course, he was going to move into shit coins. He was, he he was picking stocks out of out of Scrabble letters and then just buying whatever the Scrabble letters came up with. Personally, yes, I did come out roaring after the last episode when I actually watched that cringe fest that was that video. But I was really pissed off at the Winklevi twins. Um, you know, I, I think they were they were given this platform and I expected more of them. I was disappointed, you know, in, in them specifically more more. I wasn't disappointed in Portnoy. Like it, it is what it is. Yeah. No, it should be clear, too, that I have immense amount of respect for Dave Portnoy. Uh, his but point. I also blame Marty here. <laughs> Marty had the chance to red pill him Dude, properly. You, you don't even understand. Think back to the 2017 mania. If you think you like buying Link and Orchid or whatever the fuck he was buying last week, uh, was was something. Just just think back to 2017 when the ICO craziness was going on. I was literally there just to help set him up. I gave, gave him the advice like make sure you protect this. Don't he lost lose his it. seed, Marty. He might not have. That's as you know, 
maybe has good opsec. He knows how to lean. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, Dave's an inspiration for the bent particularly. And this podcast, show up brick by brick. Uh, blog never sleeps. Make content. And if you show up every day, maybe you'll have some success in the long run. It's obviously worked out for him. Maybe we can uh, we can copy that here at TFTC. We'll see. The other thing that I appreciated about Dave was that you know, there's a lot of similarities. People are saying like he's this cycles McAfee. Like McAfee pretended like every shit coin was like the best shit coin ever. Uh, like the like the best thing since sliced bread. But Pornoy came out and he was like, This is a pump and dump. I am trying to pump and dump this shit coin and just straight up said it. Now his lawyers have probably reached out to him and told him that most shit coins fall under securities regulation. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised. And they've been dumping since he bought them. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has to hold on to them, you know, to, to alleviate any pump and dumps concerns. But I did appreciate that. He just specifically said it. He's like in crypto, we pump and dump. Yeah. Yeah. I responded to that video, bold strategy, because Dave, if you're listening, uh, these tokens are susceptible to securities laws. So be careful. The uh, only one that's definitely not a security is Bitcoin. So yes. if you if you want to if you want to pump one without any kind of repercussion, that's the one to do. Yes, run with us. That's not securities advice. No, I'm it's not. not. We, we are not lawyers. Lawyer. We're not investment advisors. This is not no. advice at all. This is just two dudes shooting the shit. Exactly. Uh, Dave, you're not meant for prison. All right, stop, stop. Uh, you don't want that. You don't want that. Um. Second shout out. This one's a long one. My Bitcoin story for the freaks. Got married in 2014 and moved to the South for grad school. There I went down the libertarian rabbit hole, including Austrian econ, sound money, and then Bitcoin. I thought we could use the extra money and having free electricity in our 400 square foot university apartment. I bought as many miners as would fit on our circuits. It was very loud and very hot. Our AC never turned off except during winter as it couldn't keep up with the miners and the 100 degree days. In total, we mined in these conditions for over one year, but the scarce, excuse me, but the sacrifice has been worth it. I encourage the freaks to reject overconsumption and make sacrifices now to make your family's life better in the future. Bitcoin helps fix this from reasonably long, but it keeps going. P.S. It's Z-Buddy, not Z-B-D. It's a clever name for Lightning Company. Jesus gave James and John, sons of Zebedee, uh, the name Bonergers. <laughs> Bon <laughs> Bonergers spelled B-O-A-N-E-R-G-S. Bonerges. Bonerges. Uh, which means sons of thunder. P-P-S. Stop watching porn. Lift weights. Love Jesus. Start a family. Uh, love you reasonably long. I can co-sign that P-P-S. I uh, don't know what uh, Boner just says, though. Very loaded. Very loaded. We love... Uh, I'm Now I'm going to pronounce it wrong. The ZBD team. ZBD. Great work. Zebedee. Zebedee. Shout out to Andre and team out there. Um, last and final shout out this week. <laughs> Grow dank, stack sats, fuck the government and their commie fuckery. And thanks to you guys for the contribution you bring to the movement. Love from South Africa. Shout out to our South African freaks out there. Didn't know we had too many of those. Cheers. Yeah. Fuck yes. Um, love you guys. Thank you for the shout outs this week. Uh, love doing those. If you guys want to do them, you can go to tftc.com. We're not at .com. We don't have that kind of money. tftc.io slash contribute. 
they wanted 400k for that domain name. So <laughs> if you want us to have it, you need to contribute. <laughs> uh, I did ask them. It's a really shitty. It's yeah, a really it's shitty like web page. If you go to it, it looks like clip art, like the whole thing. I wouldn't be mad, Odell, if I didn't add, didn't cold email them trying to trying to get the domain. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's it's a really it's like, it reminds me of the Space Jam website. Yeah, exactly. It's like straight nineties. Yeah. All right. We got through it all. We're twenty-four minutes in, and we're just getting we to go. the list. Uh, Where's the beef? Where is the beef? Here it is. Our boy Ergo BTC uh, has been warning people of an ongoing BSV dust attack. Uh, so, if you've been lucky enough to receive a recent address dusting. Uh, this entity does not appear to be malicious users with a wallet that allows UTXO blocking should block these outputs. Uh, so they're using it to advertise some bullshit BSV service. Um, they just put an op return stuff in it or yeah, there's like a message in there that tells you to, I, I'm not going to shill what the service is. It's bullshit. Let's, uh, let's use full anonymous anonymity, anonymity, C memo, um yeah the services memo bsv's um, memo app or whatever yeah um the the freaks i just wanted the freaks to know what a dusting attack is it's it's where um you're sent and you might have seen this because this ongoing attack has been hitting anyone who recently transacts if you transact recently uh, a lot of CoinJoin users have experienced it because they're coin joining often. So, they, you know, they're sending a lot of transactions and, and their addresses are getting hit by it. The idea of a, of a proper dusting attack, if it's not advertisement like this, is you, you hit wallets with, you hit known addresses with small amounts of Bitcoin. And if your wallet doesn't have coin control, if, they, if your wallet doesn't allow you to choose which when when you send a transaction, you're you're sending a transaction. It, it includes a bunch of inputs in the transaction, and if it includes, if you don't have coin control and you don't get to pick which outputs are included on the input side of your transaction, then they get combined automatically behind the scenes, and it can link multiple addresses that are in your wallet. Your wallet's really a cluster of these UTXOs that are all different addresses. So it can decrease your privacy. So we've seen surveillance companies use it um, as a way of doing that. And this is one of the reasons why I think all wallets should have coin control. Um, And unfortunately, very few have it. Uh, We've talked on this podcast before about how how all the Lightning implementations except for, I believe... Uh, Electrums and I think C Lightning has it, but a lot none of the front ends for C Lightning have supported it yet. I know RTL is working on it, have this coin control. But right now we have Electrum has coin control, um, Wasabi has coin control, Samurai has coin control. Uh, I know Blue Wallet's going to add it. So I, I really want this to, to to happen in this space. I want to see it in as many wallets as possible. And I do understand it's a UX issue. Uh, oh, Casa has coin control. Um, I, I understand it's a UX issue. Put it as an advanced option, you know, so that the users can go into the options. And another important thing is here, just coin control alone isn't isn't that great. You need to have labeling ability as well. Yeah, like built a do in. not so touch. Can, well, so you can know which, which you know which UTXO it is. 
uh, like which UTXO is what. Um, and on top of that, that's what Marty just said, is Samurai, for instance, has a do not spend tag you can put on the dust. Uh, I think Samurai actually automatically, if you get dusted, will, will mark it do not spend. But I'm not absolutely positive on that. But if, if they don't, you got, you got to go in there and you got to mark it do not spend. And that way, you know, it'll never get included automatically. Yeah. And it should be noted, this is one form of a dust attack. We've actually seen the Bitcoin network uh, attacked with dust in another form. And actually, Laurent, a good friend Laurent from uh, the OXT.me slash, or oh, from, he created OXT.me, is now part of Samurai. He did heavy research about the, the dust attacks this summer of, I believe, 2016, 15 and 16, where uh, people used dust to sort of clog up block space to, to drive fees higher to potentially yeah, push 2017 yeah yeah um so yeah dust can be used maliciously in, in multiple ways so just be aware and yeah hopefully the ux of these wallets improves t- to the point where you can easily identify it and avoid it because dust and they're literally sending the the smallest amount that you can send at the protocol level which is what 546 sats because that's the dust limit we have a dust yeah. limit in bitcoin um, and actually, Sergey Sergi Kotelar, I'm definitely pronouncing his name wrong, uh, from BitRefill is proposed recently to raise that dust limit. To make it more um, expensive of an attack? Yeah, and, and the reason we call it dust is because to spend it uh, costs more in fees than you can actually spend it. Yeah. Uh, than the amount you're spending. So it's like not, it's not a practical amount to actually spend. Because the more inputs you have on the input side, let's say you have five UTXOs that are going into a transaction, uh, the higher your transaction fees are. Yeah. Be aware, freaks. Be aware. The nuances of the Bitcoin network. There's a lot of them, and this is one of them. There's a lot to to dive into here, and hopefully the, the UX of the products built on top of the base layer will improve on this. It's still early days. If you know about these problems, you are an early adopter. Uh, speaking of OXT.me, they put out a research report on um, on Wasabi an alleged uh, Wasabi vulnerability that's out there. Again, the Samurai vs. Wasabi wars continue. Matt, uh, I will I will defer to you to to explain what's going on here. Okay, so uh, OXT, which is a subset of it's the research arm of Samurai um, has has reported that they've they've found, I believe, two vulnerabilities in Wasabi. Um, this report is just alleging the vulnerabilities. They haven't disclosed the vulnerabilities yet. They said they disclosed them to the Wasabi team, um, and they supposedly a portion of that disclosure was they gave the full disclosure to the Wasabi team and they said, we are trying to do this in a responsible way. We will give you time to fix it, but we, we want you to um, tell your users not to use the CoinJoin portion of the wallet until you fix it um, because their vulnerability supposedly uh, re- your remixes don't help you is supposedly like the the TLDR of the vulnerability. The summary of the vulnerability is that remixes don't help you. 
your anonymity set is only as good as your last round you've done, which is not great. I mean, we have spoken on this pod many times that if you use Wasabi, you should set your default anonymity set to at least 101 so that you have at least two remixes. Because when you do the remixes, it's, it's multiplicative. You, the, the, odds, the odds of trying to unwind that coin join round become way more difficult um, if you go into just at least one more round. Um, so, but this is alleged. We don't have the actual disclosure. The disclosure is supposed to come out tomorrow. So I've been in the Wasabi chat room for the whole day, basically trying to get, you know, because on there's so much toxicity in the space, in the coin join arena. Flame wars. Um, you got the hardware flame wars, the coin join flame wars are right. everywhere. I, I spoke to the Samurai guys, and in like their defense, they wouldn't give me any privileged information. <laughs> I tried to get some privileged information. I was like, is this legit? They're like, it is legit, but we're not going to tell you shit, Matt. We're going to release the actual disclosure tomorrow if like Wasabi doesn't respond because talks between them have completely broken down. Um, and really? Then the Was- can never see that Yeah, happening. who would have guessed? And then on the Wasabi side, uh, on the Wasabi side, we have users coming out and saying, like, this is obviously FUD from Samurai. But the thing that strikes me is the Wasabi lead maintainers know this full disclosure that Samurai has, right? So if it is bullshit, then why haven't they come out and just said it's bullshit? Like, we just need a single tweet, you know, from No Para or David Molnar, like, this is bullshit. Like, and, and that tweet hasn't happened. They haven't said anything in the chat room which strikes me as strange. So we'll, we will see tomorrow, um, you know, watch, watch social media channels, uh, watch No Bullshit Bitcoin or whatever, and see if, if something comes out from it. Watch OXT's Twitter account. But uh, for now, we don't really know. We don't really know. Samurai's alleging this. We have no, there's no proof or, or, or anything because they're supposed to be releasing it tomorrow. But the, the, it is weird to me that the Wasabi guys haven't come out and said, you know, it's bullshit if it is bullshit. Prepare for a flame war on Friday. Tomorrow. I'm not prepared. I'm happy I'm going to be on the golf course and I'll be able to miss it. Thank God. <laughs> Smart. Um, Make else? sure if you get into the middle of it with the whole Samurai Wasabi thing tomorrow that you also at Marty. So when he's oh, uh, when please. he's trying to putt on like the seventh hole, <laughs> he like his phone's just buzzing nonstop with notifications. Just make sure you do that. I'm a I'm a true true golfer and I, I leave my phone at home with my wife and just let her go through. Don't all trust the shit. verify. Tag him anyway. <laughs> so if he doesn't do that, then he gets hit with them. Yeah. Uh, they go on. Well you know what? We've said it before. Iron sharpens iron. Um uh, discover these vulnerabilities, point them out, and hopefully it makes this stuff stronger. It just never seems to end. It never will end. Get used to it. It's entertaining. We're still super early. You think we're early on Bitcoin. We're like even earlier on Bitcoin privacy. Yes. Like we're just so fucking early. Yes. Ooh, not on the list. I saw you had a little tweet thread yesterday about uh, like the funnel of Bitcoiners and uh, the number of... You said around 4 million probably less the self-custody number oh right so yeah i still have my glass node subscription for the freaks uh which i pay like i think i pay like 35 dollars a month for uh 
which is like it seems like a reasonable price for the service they offer to be to be quite honest so i i keep paying for it but it's important for me to get my money's worth out of it so i fortunately they have they're very good about allowing us to a lot of these services they not only does like the chain analysis of the world charge like $150,000 a year to use their service you're not actually allowed to tweet out anything or share anything that you get from the service so what I like to do is to get my money's worth is like I like tweeting out the different paywalled shit that I have in there um, to get my money's worth and one of the things is addresses that hold over a million sets and right now that sits at 8.5 million um, so I just tweeted that out I just sent out the chart and I was getting some shit because they were like Matt this isn't bullish this isn't you know this and then someone else was like this isn't bearish this is bullish and they were like putting words in my mouth and I was like I just tweeted out a chart that that said what Glassnode is reporting of, of ad- how many addresses are holding the shit and I was like, you want my conclusions? This is my conclusion. My conclusion is, my guess, and this is just a complete guess, right, is that we have like 30 to 50 million Bitcoiners, right? If there's only 8.5 million that are hold addresses that are holding over a million sats, that is an upper bound on the amount of Bitcoiners that are self-custodying because it is including custodial services, and it's including people like me and you that have many, many addresses, right? Yes. Like, so we have, we have many addresses. So that's a, it's, it, that's an upper bound, but it's like a ridiculous upper bound. So we're talking in a, like a conservative, optimistic sense that there's probably, now this, where gut comes in, there's probably less than 4 million Bitcoiners that are self-custodying. 4 million people that are self-custodying Bitcoin. Like, that's not that many people. So you can look at it from two ways. It is bullish in that we are really fucking early, right? And it's bearish in the fact that Bitcoin is protest money and people aren't actually using it to protest. Well, Very few people are using it to protest. I would agree that very few people are using it in a self-custodial way, but I think the act of buying Bitcoin, even if it's held on an exchange, again, thinking about the user experience and the user journey, is an act of rebellion and an act of it's a it's a vote with your dollars that you are okay that you are. I don't disagree. It's definitely a protest to just buy Bitcoin, and that, but I I would say it's a bigger protest to self custody it because it makes it more sixty one hundred two resistant. Uh, Executive order sixty one hundred two when they took took people's gold by force, um, and then I I would say it's even bigger protest to actually use your own node with it. Agreed. Right, which we don't have any hard numbers, which is even way less than 4 million, right? Because I got to say out of the 4 million, probably the majority are using third-party nodes, overwhelming majority, mostly Ledger and Trezor nodes probably. Um, and then from there, I would say it's an even bigger protest if you're providing coin joint liquidity. And that's an even tinier subset. So I just want to see people trickle down that. You said funnel. I don't like the word funnel, but I want to see people enhance the protesting of of this protest that's a funnel it's a step Uh, yeah and who who popularized that on it now for what who popularized that i was gonna say aj towns he he had a good blog post earlier this year speaking of like the oh yeah that was good yeah no dan held had his marketing funnel (laughs) that he did that uh 
Oh, I was thinking of AJ. Uh, but anyway, there's, you can there's call a user what you journey. want to call it. There's a user journey. It's going to get easier. More, Absolutely. I believe the number, the numbers at the bottom of the funnel will only increase from here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Look, I look. I'm Matt. I I I'm I I look at these numbers and I'm I'm bullish that we're early. Is is how I is how I mostly interpret them. But I just want like Bitcoin Twitter is, and I think I said something like I said something like you're, less you're, than you're venturing. You're venturing into some uh, some territory, especially considering today. Like even though I had, like a busy day, I caught up on that drama. We'll get to that after your comment. I said less than 250,000 people are using their own nodes. And people were saying to me, it's way less than that. And I was like, that's not my point. Uh, my, my, it's conservatively optimistic number is what I said there, right? And I also said 50,000 people are coin joining. Less than 50,000 people are coin joining. And it's significantly less than that, most likely. My point is, is that Bitcoin Twitter tends to live in this bubble where they think way more than 4 million people are self-custodying. Way more than 250,000 people are using their own node and way more than 50,000 people are coin joining. And it's way less than all of those numbers. So I just I, I, I want I want Bitcoiners to be more realistic about where we stand here currently. The, the, you know, I think Bitcoin's inevitable, but we're not. You know, we're not invulnerable. You know, we, we, we're still we're still vulnerable here. It's still early and and we need to keep improving. Completely agree there. And yeah, I think I think it'll get better over time. It has gotten better over time, I would argue. Um I'm just gonna educate so let's put how early we are into context. Like how long do you think Bitcoin will survive into the future? That's a good question to ask. Well, usually I just say forever. <laughs> right? Well, forever is a totally fine answer. So at like, least my on, lifetime. I think I will die before Bitcoin. Oh, I think my great-grandchildren will die before Bitcoin dies. Like, I know, but it, I mean, let's not talk about our grand grandkids' death. I mean, who no, knows what obviously, happens? No, obviously, obviously, but maybe our maybe our grandkids are part of like the Citadel elite that but that's extend not, their life. That's not the point. We're trying to put the context of the temporal, relative temporal earliness that we are to this asset, like. If it is to be like, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if like a thousand to two thousand years, and that sounds crazy. That's a pretty long time. It's a very long time. So considering the fact that Bitcoin is eleven years and eight months old, <laughs> we're very, very early on that timeline. And I think yeah, only, I think one thousand nine hundred ninety years to go. Yeah, I think people severely. misunderstand just how early it is and how different bitcoin will be in the future uh, i'd be very happy if that turns into like the mayan 2012 prediction it's like in 2000 years they're like marty bent predicted that bitcoin was gonna <laughs> end it never uh, yeah uh who knows who knows um after bob mcarath hopped on a call and i was on a couple weeks ago and really uh made me less wary about quantum computing. He seems to not believe that it's possible. The quantum computing Bitcoin argument is what the asteroid mining bullshit is, which is also why I was pissed off at the Winkle Vi, is the asteroid mining bullshit against gold. Yeah, Hasu actually had a good point about that. Like, you have to factor in the cost to bring it back to Earth. 
unless he could use it like in orbit. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just there's a lot of reasons that gold is a shit coin. The, the asteroid mining stuff is just cheap fud. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, number one reason that proves that gold is a shit coin is Executive Order 6102. Uh, completely destroyed the gold standard that existed for millennia. Right then and there. It's done. It's not I coming mean, back. Any gold bugs that listen to this, like, oh, we're going to go back. It's not happening. It's not happening. You, you can't easily send gold to someone for telling us the block height of our first episode. No. Like, there's an, without a trusted third party. No. You cannot. That's a good point. Reminder freaks. Find that block height. 50,000 sats on the line. And a shout out next week. Yeah, I'm, whoever the freak is who got it has already done it. This reminder <laughs> was unnecessary. Um, speaking of sats, strike. Our boy Jimmy Mao, our boy Jack Mahlers, announced right before we hit record that Strike is adding cash back. So you'll be able to use the Strike app to get cash back. Um, and so, kind of weird it's not Sats back. Still bullish. Still bullish, yeah. I think it's like a regulatory concern. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're using the fiat side to pay for the Sats that you're sending, then it's basically the same thing anyway right yeah do you see the video release that they included with it yeah they put it on vimeo too which is uh very exciting what why did they put it why is it exciting that it's on vimeo instead of youtube because they're telling youtube to fuck off i like Vimeo. fair enough why isn't vimeo more popular network effects I feel like it's the, it's the search that hinders it. Um, YouTube is like the second most visited website in the world behind Google. They're both owned by the same company. Both owned by the same company. Uh, yeah, this this ad's very sleek. This is what we need, like good design, good like little 30-second spots. So you can download the, uh, the Strike app, the App Store, the Google Play Store. It's available on the Chrome Web Store too. And hey, this is... Uh, consumer app that's getting to market and shout out to our boy jack for for iterating on the product so if you're a freak who's been living under a rock or you're just joining us now for your first episode if you are welcome uh strike allows you to pay any lightning invoice with a bank account or a connected debit card uh so if you go to bitcoindevlist.com there's a bunch of bitcoin developers there that have the ability to donate via lightning. So if you have strike, you can go rain some sats on them. That'd be great. Uh, I loved your response to uh, James Presswitz today. Bitcoin dev days are straight. Should we touch on this? Like, I feel like we should. Was he subtweeting Corallo's tweet? I think it was. I think he was agreeing, and it was a. What well, you can it? agree via subtweet. Yeah, yeah right? I believe that was a subtweet of of Matt's tweet. The other Matt, Matt Corallo. Um, Another Matt, not the other Matt. Um, it's the Matt. I'm, then your I'm response, secondary Matt. Uh, Bitcoin Dev Days created. With uh, that's the one thing I wanted to point out is that tweet. That's the beauty. As I've begin sponsoring more devs via the site that you created. Thank you very much for that. It's just, shout out Dennis Ryman. Shout out Dennis too. It's just really cool like the dev will dm you or tweet at you and say hey thank you for supporting me and 
that's what anybody is out there who is not a developer and like these people working on Bitcoin, this open source repository or multiple repositories, whether it be Libitcoin, Bitcoin Knots, Yeah, Bitcoin we include non-core devs on the site. Yeah. No if, if you're just working on Bitcoin development, whether that's in UX or actual you know, code, whatever it is, like submit a pull request on our GitHub repo and I'll get you added on there. Yeah. These people are building out the future of liberty via Bitcoin. And a lot of them are doing it for nothing. And so the, the ability to be able to support them as easily as you can uh, via BitcoinDevList.com is it's incredible. And I feel great that I'm able to give back to these people who have contributed to something that's this podcast wouldn't exist without Bitcoin. The newsletter wouldn't exist without Bitcoin. The company I work takes, for. Not all exist it takes is one sat, one sat, and you've contributed more to Bitcoin development than Coinbase. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, but with that being said, like, I thought the whole drama today was like a little overblown. I think people very highly over index how much influence Bitcoin Twitter has. I love Matt, but I feel like he woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Yeah, I love sorry, Matt. I love you too, Matt. Is huge, actually, huge friend of the podcast. He's actually the We've most had him on many times. He's the most tenured guest on this podcast. But yeah, that was. I mean, I, I maybe think we'll, that maybe is we'll like, have, maybe we'll have to have him on to get his perspective. Maybe we'll, we'll have him on. We dev, we've been due for another Corallo episode, but that basically his tweet was 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 that bitcoin bitcoin twitter is so toxic that it pushes people to shit coins which is like the ultimate shit coiner excuse it's like we hear that all the time you know vitalik has used that excuse himself for why he started ethereum yes yeah yeah it can it can get toxic can get but it's also loving yeah it's uh it's a meritocracy it's again iron sharp sharpens iron a lot of people don't don't like the bullshit out there. Again, I'm, I'm not a big... I don't like a lot of bullshit either. So sometimes I appreciate it. I may not agree with the uh, the tone or the the uh, the execution of the criticism, but appreciate the criticism, you know? Look, skin in the game, practice what you preach, right? This podcast, we shill projects... With, like, projects that aren't sponsors of this podcast, we shill them a shit ton. Right. If we if we think it's it's an important project, if we think a dev is working on something really important, we shill it almost more than we do our sponsors. Like, don't tell the sponsors, but like we do that because we love Bitcoin. We love our sponsors, too. Absolutely. But we, we shill the shit out of stuff, you know, and, and it, that 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 kind of part of the Bitcoin community. I like fucking love like people get around. They like, I don't know, like there it's. It definitely felt a little bit straw many, you know? Yes. Yes, I do know. And Matt, if you're listening to this, the blue Matt, um, let's chat. I want to hear your side. Elaborate on your side if you're, if you're open to it. Um, speaking, yeah, I think you would love to elaborate on it. Yeah. We'll have you on again. Um, you have an open invite whenever you want to come. Just, just DM us. It has to be in person, though. Ooh. It's harder with COVID, man. Who knows? It doesn't have to be in person, but I prefer if it was in person, Matt. I do too. I like drinking uh, IPAs with you. Uh, next on the list, hash rate hitting all time high, and then Sichuan province in China experienced some flooding. 
and there were some videos again must preface this with the disclaimer that any information or i don't trust any of these videos <laughs> yeah the right uh any any data coming out of china is hard to verify uh, any data coming out of anywhere is hard to fucking verify especially china though um but thomas heller who's part of f2 pool so this is data you can verify is the fact that uh overall hash rate on mining pools that cater to Chinese miners did fall pretty significantly earlier this week. Uh, it is being attributed to the uh, the rainfall in Sichuan province, which is west of Huebei province, where Wuhan is, and the Three Gorges Dam is. Uh, and so the, the floods are, are basically being attributed to the fall, uh, temporary fall in hash rate. As, but it rebounded. Yeah, it did rebound. I saw that SIPA chart tweet earlier that you put out i kind of got into it with you and Barbara. <laughs> I, I love know. you both you know i love you both i, know. I just lower your time preference a little bit to swan no but as miners we're like oh not that what, we- did you see what i said you, when i posted the chart uh um barber posted he was like yeah it looks like the flood subsided i was like either that or you guys have been putting in work <laughs> yeah well, that's like we, you have to remember, we also hit all time high. Right. And then the price cratered a bit. Right. So there's there's definitely some element the there. Price as well, crater. Right? The price felt like 800 bucks after like a two grand. Yeah, I know. I shame on me for saying cratered because it didn't. I, I, I kept seeing on Twitter, like buy the dip, like, oh, you sold the dip or whatever. And then I kept I kept checking the price because I was like, did it fall? Like what? Well, what happened? The question I have would be if hash rate did fall and there were people with old s9s sitting on the sidelines that were were being very attentive to that that may have turned them back on that could have i heard anecdotes about that did you hear anecdotes about that Uh, i've heard some murmuring in back channels yeah Um, yeah i had i had someone reach out to me who has miners hosted in sichuan who was like, then they turned on miners somewhere else that was like older hardware. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said to him, I was like, not your miners, not your miners. I don't, like, I don't know what the, not your keys, not your coins. But like, yeah, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not very bullish on the idea of hosting miners with someone else, specifically in another country, yeah. especially, you know, across the world where you can't even see what the fuck's going on. So I, I don't know about that, but yeah. I did hear that. Yeah. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if that, that did happen. Uh, but if you had old S9s and the price goes down a little bit and you're like, because it, it, here's the thing. It's like. We have to weigh it with that hash rate drop too. Like there's a formula to it. Like Right. But people are emotional. Right. So at, when we were at 12.3, 12.4, 12,400, 12,300, people were like hyper Bitcoinizations upon us. <laughs> And then you drop $600, and, and, and so in that situation, they might be like, we are willing to mine at, at a loss because we're going to hodl just for a little bit because hyper-Bitcoinization is upon us, and we can wait. And then you drop just $600, and then you say to yourself, you know, we're going to $3,000 because yeah. people are just emotional beings. And so, so that definitely, it's not just a pure math equation. There's definitely the gambler's dilemma is is mixed in there definitely agree with that and beyond the 
the uh, the impact of this flooding on mining. Um, again, hard to verify any of this data, but apparently the Three Gorges Dam, because again, Sichuan Province is to the west of Huebe, where the Three Gorges Dam is, and actually I'm not sure if it's in Huebe, whatever. Sichuan is west of the dam, and so that's upstream. Somewhere in China. It's upstream, and all of this water is flowing downstream towards the dam. Uh, and there were reports, I believe the Financial Times reported on it today, that the Three Gorges Dam is at the highest limit that it's ever ever reached uh, at some point in the last few days. And there's been a bunch of videos of a bunch of flooding, again, hard to verify. Um, so but you've had some bents about the Three Gorges Dam failing yeah uh should we do you want to make a bet on it failing no no i don't want to make a bet on that there's too many lives at stake i never want to bet on that i'm such a gambler stay humble matt i just (laughs) you know i i'd be willing to bet that doesn't it doesn't fail in the next six months i hope not um i can't say for sure i don't know um yeah you'd be bullish for bitcoin if it did i don't know i don't know I don't know. I think there's a good argument to be made that if it fucks up the supply chain in China enough, it could put the mining industry back a considerable amount. Who knows if that, yeah, it could be a black swan for Bitcoin. I tend to gravitate towards, is it bullish for Bitcoin? Yes, it's bullish for Bitcoin. (laughs) Whatever you insert there, is this bullish for Bitcoin? Yes, it's bullish for Bitcoin. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I hope to God it doesn't break. No, it's, I mean, you go a dark corner of conversation. Like, would that, like, uh, no, you don't want to. Diversify mining more. I'm talking about, I'm not, like, I'm taking this beyond mining into, like, the CCP level. Like, would it destroy the CCP? No, Marty. You want to bet on that? The mandate from heaven, dude. People bring it up. No, I don't want to no, bet. N- I don't want to bet on people's not lives. Not going to happen. I don't want to bet on people's lives. A damn breaking is not going to stop the CCP. But a dam breaking in conjunction with a no, it's not epidemic with a locust outbreak. Hopium. We'll see. This is hopium, Marty. We shall see. Um, we're not going to bet it on though. Regardless, there's flooding in China. Uh, apparently, miners in Sichuan. I will uh, bet on anything. Have uh, have been flooded out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to the Three Gorges Dam. There's reports that it is weakening. We will keep you freaks updated as the story unfolds. Hopefully the rainy season ends, but I think they have like two more typhoons uh, headed their way at least in the next month, which is not ideal. Um, That hurricane that hit us was pretty hard early on in the season too. Talking about typhoons. Dude, there was a tornado that hit the island that I'm on. Oh, and the derecho, which I never knew was a term. Derecho in Iowa. Iowa and the Midwest. It it even hit parts of Chicago. It's like an inland um, hurricane, like winds. Apparently, they're still being affected by it. Like power, people are still out of power. It fucked them up hard. I spoke to some Iowan Bitcoiners. We have a very strong clan out in Iowa, and they got hit. They got hit pretty fucking hard, man. And no one's really talking about it. No. Shout out to Chris Stewart. I know you're not in Iowa and you're in Chicago, but um, a strong Iowan. My, I've, been, I've been in contact with my Chicago friends. It's not terrible there. It was a little startling, but nothing too crazy. Yeah, they like freaked a little bit, yeah. but like Iowa got hit hard, man. Yeah. That's crazy. 
We got wildfires in California now. My sister's in Colorado. She was telling me that they have wildfires. Um, what the hell's going on? The worst part about the wildfires now is like everyone who donated their N95 masks for the COVID shit doesn't don't they don't have it for the wildfires. Ugh. Which is like kind of crazy that production hasn't scaled up there. That is but is that's that, just a whole nother... Have there been reported supply shortages? Yeah, there's still... I mean, look, try and buy N95 masks. Yeah. Shit. Um, back that to, one you can verify very easily. Yeah. Just try and buy some. Just go on Amazon. Uh, Tor released a statement on the recent exit note attacks, uh, stripping the SS... Or um, the HTTPS. Basically everything we knew, but... We're just going to link to the official tour statement on it. Yeah. We've already discussed this pretty pretty in-depth. Uh, but then they also released another blog on how to stop the onion denial service attack as well. Which is separate. Yes. What's going so on this here? Is, we've seen this hitting the dark net markets. And also, if you use anything that's onion, like within the tour network, um, connecting to your node, using onion or... Um, if you run your lightning node through through Tor only, um, we've noticed slowdowns and denial of service attacks, and the darknet markets have been getting su- hit super hard. And one of the issues is is like we've talked about the failure of incentives of Tor, um, like the way you mitigate denial of service attacks in on clearnet on regular internet is basically centralization. Uh, you'd start banning IP addresses and you, and you have these big denial of service providers, uh, like Cloudflare and Akami, uh, definitely pronounce that wrong, uh, that well, we don't have that on the list, it. but we have Cloudflare on the top of mind. We're going to talk about something after this. Noted. Okay. I'll, I'll remind you. Um, so Tor is grappling with how they can deal with this without like implementing like KYC or something like that. Um, and they proposed two ideas. Um, one is anonymous tokens, which before you all get triggered does not mean like blockchain tokens. Uh, it, it, they're, they're just anonymous. Yeah. Authentication tokens that are anonymous that are served to good peers. Uh, so that if you're a bad peer, you run out of them really quickly. If you do kind of denial of service, which is interesting. But the thing that Bitcoiners would find, I think, really interesting is that they're contemplating adding a proof of work element, um, which like I ha- thought was pretty cool. Like a hash cash based or? Yeah, like this idea that to do to do any kind of calls on the network, you're you're doing a little bit of, of work. Will there be a difficulty uh, adjustment? No, there's no difficulty adjustment. But it, it, it was an interesting it's an interesting blog post. Anyone who, who relies on Tor should give it a read. Um I'm not sure. I, I, I dig where their head's at. You know, this is the right direction. You know, the, the guy who disclosed the exit node vulnerabilities was like, we should just KYC all, all mailing addresses of exit nodes. I was like, no, that's a non-starter for me. Like, I, I think this is like the more the correct direction where you want to go towards. Um, and even you- though these are separate issues, but the, these are the type of, of thought processes that you should be going through. Yes, and if you want for to- something like Tor. If you want to contribute to better thought processes, you can go to cypherpunklabs.com, which allows you to easily fund tour nodes. So have you checked this out? Yeah, it's pretty dope. So our boy Nixops is running this. So 
I said last episode, I'm not going to ask you to run exit nodes because they have massive liability. He has gone through the legal trouble and whatnot of getting providers that will allow him to run exit nodes. So you can run a, a relay node, an entry node, which, which they call guard nodes, um, or an exit node, and it costs $10, and you can pay with Bitcoin. The main issue with a service like this is, is that he's running them, right? So he's, he's willing to provide some level of auditability, but there's always going to be trust involved there. Like, are you funding a malicious actor? Um, I personally like this dude. I, I, I think he's a good dude, but like, take that as you will, you know, like, don't, you know, we're, don't trust verify that you're, you're stuck kind of in a loop here. But I think that like, if we support his service, he wants to have a hundred exit nodes up and running. Um, I think it makes a significant improvement to the network. So I personally am supporting it. Um, I think other freaks should support it as well. Um, so go check it out, cypherpunklabs.com. Yeah, I mean, support his Bitcoin work, too. We, we talked about it a few episodes ago, but what he's doing for the Bitcoin stack above the protocol level to sort of reduce dependencies is pretty huge, too. Uh, Wait, this is... Well, are you talking about Nick's Bitcoin? Yeah. This is different. Oh, it's different? His name is Nick's Ops. I thought it was the same person. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think he's involved with Nick's Bitcoin. Oh well. Anyway, Nick's Bitcoin's pretty too. Too check it yeah, out. Yeah, I think they're the same dope. person. I could have. Eh. Maybe it. Maybe I might be wrong. I might be incorrect. But either way, I think. You know, I I I think he means well. I think this is is in the right positioning, and I do like that you can support and and basically sponsor an exit node, uh, without taking that liability on yourself by by paying with Bitcoin. Yeah. All right. This is the last topic before we get to software updates which we'll blow through because we're already an hour and five minutes in but it's probably a topic we'll talk about for a little bit r.i.p bitmax they're adding kyc most cypherpunk app to hit the bitcoin markets particularly financial based to date is bending the knee i guess uh the seashells the seychelles whatever you call it is seychelles the seychelles is not enough to protect arthur and crew from the long reach of KYC AML compliance. Are you pouring some out right now? Pouring some out for the homies. I, look, I think it was inevitable. We knew it was coming. You know? Just, it did, hurts to see. It hurts to see. Yeah, I, I think I think there'll be competing bucket shops that will come out. Uh, there always are. There always are. Yeah, that, that are in KYC for a bit. Um, I always thought they ran a good one. Uh I do appreciate that they're basically giving all their users advance notice before they do it, uh, which is is strictly more admirable. Class acts. Uh, yeah, than like doing like shotgun KYC on people. Like you can't withdraw unless you do KYC. So Binance has prop- been known to do that. Yeah, a lot of services have done that. So props to them for for not doing that. And and yeah. And beyond KYC the- is dangerous. You guys know. You yeah, guys know. The you know spiel. the spiel. Uh, but beyond that, BitMEX, I, I mean, they're good actors in Bitcoin. They're supporting core devs. Their their research blog does incredible work. Um, I like that they allow you to speculate on shitcoins without ever owning any shitcoins. Yes, yes. You can short them. You can long them. You can do all your degenerate behavior and the unit of account and everything. The medium of exchange is Bitcoin. 
And so the U.S. users, no more using a VPN to get access to this. You're going to have to show a license or something, I imagine. Um, but that's what it is. It's the long harm of the U.S. government because U.S. users were not allowed to use that yes. BitMEX. But there was no way to really prove they weren't just using a VPN unless you do KYC. Um, and BitMEX was kind of just turning a blind eye unless you were someone like Tony Tone Bates who streamed it or like posted your <laughs> ref link. One um, of the funniest moments in uh, Bitcoin content history. Tone Bay is just getting his, his BitMEX uh, account yanked because he was live streaming perp swaps. But there is a learning experience here, which is this is why trusted third parties are such an issue is because U.S. financial regulation extends everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're based. Um, and if, if there's someone they can squeeze, especially someone who's very rich and has a lot to lose, like they're going to squeeze them and that person is going to inevitably comply eventually. Yeah, how much does that insurance fund have? So much. Way too much. Yeah. It's a, a little decrease now. Yeah. Or it won't increase at least. Well, as much. Let's give a shout out to Arthur Hayes and crew for for what they what they accomplished before they got stuffed with the long deck of the law, the U.S. law particularly. Um, never used it, but heard a lot of people who loved it. Never. I heard that if you send Bitcoin in, you just never withdrew because you just lost. It yeah, all. It was in and psh, gone. Um, is this, is this like a, like signal that Bitcoin's losing its cypherpunk lust or are we? Well, I mean, I wouldn't be so quick to put a cypherpunk label on them, but it was definitely like anarchist and, uh, rebellious. Yeah. Cypherpunk. I, you're allowed to send Bitcoin and lever it up and then get Bitcoin out. Look, I think this is just the cycle. They just lasted longer than the use, you know, usually. And like, this is what people like in Dexland of, of Ethereum missed is I think a lot of them thought like the beauty of a Dex is non-custodial. That's not the key. The key is no KYC, right? So you saw it with MinPal. You saw it with Cripsy before MinPal. You saw it with uh, Bitfinex. You saw it with Polo. You saw it with Bitrex. Bitrex. Yeah. All of them, like the number one place, Binance, the number one place to trade, and obviously BitMEX, is, is, is the ones without KYC. And what happens is they get too big, and they have a lot to lose, and eventually regulators catch up to them, and then someone else comes out. And like the beauty of something like Bitcoin is that it allows the competition to easily launch a service in some random ass jurisdiction and start gaining steam, right? Um, Especially when you have uh, all these different questionable stable coins, you know, quote unquote stable coins like Tether that allow you to have some kind of quasi access to, to USD without any kind of banking relationship. So we will probably see a new usurper come up for this cycle that is like the prominent way to go and and most people will say like oh they'll never be stopped you know because that's you know how twitter always is yeah. uh but they will be and then a new one will come that's just how it is it's the cycle and of I'll life just keep stacking sats <laughs> true 
That's the best way. Just, hey, just keep head down, stack sats, stay humble. Um, we're transitioning. be humbled. <laughs> right. We're transitioning into the software update. Uh, I don't see anything particularly that I want to stop and point out at, but I will defer to you. Where should I stop on this list of one, two, three, four, five, well, six Well, Spectre is the first one. Yeah. Spectre v0.6.1. The big thing is they actually are providing binaries now. Ooh. Uh, so you can just easily install it. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think Spectre is... Um, and we also have the Lily Wallet update there. I think Spectre and Lily Wallet are very... They're both very promising multi-sig ways for you to um, do multi-sig on your own. Uh, Spectre is probably the most promising way, as much as I love Kevin. Uh, so both of them combined, I think, are, are extremely bullish. So you should definitely go check them both out. Yes, and if you're already running their software, uh, the latest versions are Spectre is version 0.6.1. LilyWatt is version 1.0.0. It's a major release. Um, also, if you're running MyNode, version 0.2.14 has been released. Our good friend Evan Kaloudis and the open source team behind him have released version 0.3.1 of the Zeus Wallet BTC Pay Server. We all know and love. Shout out to them for their three-year birthday earlier this week. Uh, three-year anniversary of the Nicholas Dorier tweet against BitPay. Fuck BitPay. Uh, BTC Pay Server version 1.0.5.5 is out. Uh, if you're running LND, version 0.11 beta is out. Is this a couple of jump Wombo channels, actually? Is something we should yeah, probably so talk about. Yeah, so that's also a big one. Yeah. They're removing the 0.1677. The 16 million sat limit on channels by default has been removed yes which is massive wombo is here and if you listen to the they also have a new backup method that they're it's experimental which i think is a pretty big deal because right now the static channel backups if you have to use them you have to close all your channels which fucking blows like imagine you spent like four years five years like channel management shit and you have hardware failure, and like the only way to get your funds is if you just close everything you've fucking done. Yeah. So I, I think new backups, are, that's a big one. Yeah. So, again, version 0.11. Wombo um, Channel's huge. If you guys listened to the episode we did with uh, Alex and Andrew from River yesterday, we talked about that for, for quite a bit, and that's a pretty huge uh, upgrade. And then, like, it brings a lot of questions with it, too, like how much... Uh, how many sats are you willing to risk in a channel and how do you distribute that risk if you're a service? I thought Alex had some pretty cool ideas, unique ideas. Again, don't know if I'm fully comfortable with them, but interesting to see the one idea. If you guys haven't listened to the podcast yet was uh, distributing risk with users uh, of your service by having them put up sats to put at stake to, to run um, a hot, essentially a hot wallet or a lightning node and they would be able to or excuse me uh um they would be able to uh get the upside the risk and the reward yes exactly so the reward would be it's custodial staking is what it is exactly it all comes back to bitcoin bitches um that's it for the update schnorr uh our good friend at short bits ben the car man I know you're in my DMs about next week at Bitblock Boom. Yes, we will do an interview. I want to talk with you. I have not responded yet. Responding right now. Um, I'm joining for that. Yes, you are. Um, But Short Bits has been doing a Schnorr Explainer series. Uh, We're going to link to that. Go read it. Uh, Obviously, BipTap Root, which includes 
Schnorr, which I believe is bit what, uh, 340, um, uh, is something many people are waiting for. So if you want to learn more about it and you're relatively new or haven't read up on Schnorr, uh, the boss team at Shored Bits is doing an introduction to Snore signatures. This is a three-part series so far, and I think they're adding more parts, so go check it out. Yeah. All their series are good. Like, if you're interested, like, discrete lock contracts, I don't know why they're always in my mind. Like, this is a killer app for Bitcoin second layer. They have an incredible series on that. Shout out to Nadav Cohen um, for, for putting a lot of work in on DLCs at Shored Bits. And shout out to Chris Stewart, who I already mentioned, our friend from Iowa living in Chicago. Um, for putting that team together, a very underscored team in um, in the Bitcoin world. It's Raspi Blitz. They were on the Bitcoin Magazine stream earlier this week. Three hours of Raspi Blitz content on the Bitcoin Mag stream. So go check that out. Yeah, go go check it. Um, Still my favorite node implementation. I saw you. Have you been running Ronin Dojo on Raspi Blitz or separately? Oh, no. So I'm running that separately now. Okay. I'm playing around with Ronin. I'm playing around with their new release, uh, which isn't out yet, which has a companion desktop app, which is baller as fuck. Boss. Shout out to I our... just want to say that every wallet, I, I just want every wallet to be able to connect to your own node through Tor by just scanning a QR code. And that's, you know, one of the beauties of the Dojo stack is that you can just scan a QR code, just connects through Tor. That's it. You're using your own fucking node. UX baby, it's important. Don't sleep on UX. Um, yeah, this is something I want to bring up. Just being in the mining industry, Lancium, which is a, what I would consider a pretty subpar mining company, is suing Layer One for patent infringement, uh, and they're claiming that Layer One's infringing on their patent on uh, basically energy load uh, grid load system manipulations and so basically like layer one is deciding when it is economical to mine bitcoin versus sell wind energy to the grid and these technologies that determine whether or not you should do something like mining bitcoin an example would be uh aluminum smelting which has been around for decades or sell that energy to the grid and how to control that that distribution of load from the grid and, and the activity that you're, uh, that, that you're engaged in has been around for decades. Um, can't say too much at this point, but I, I think uh, there is enough prior art within the Bitcoin mining space to make, make it so this, this, uh, patent infringement lawsuit gets thrown it's out the door. It's a patent troll. Yeah, it's a patent right. troll. That's a, that's this a, is Alexander Legal's company. Did I pronounce his name right? Legal, yeah. Legal uh, that Peter Thiel invested in. Yeah, so they're um, they're basically using Bitcoin mining as a load as a service for uh, wind energy farms down there. So in it, Texas, right? In Texas, yeah, in West Texas. So, um, i the thing about software patents, this is what this is. It's a software patent they're yeah, getting at. and it's a software patent it's on like, an open source like grid system that everybody's been exposed to well, for like three decades or something like that. The software patent system in America <laughs> is fucked up. Like all you have to do is some schmuck can just put together like a flow chart with like little bubbles that's like, energy happens and then you don't release energy and you just you don't even need any code you just you provide this flow chart 
and then you have the software patent. Yeah. Like it's a fucked up system. It's held back software in globally, but especially in America for for years. It's just a fucked up system. Yeah. It's anti-competitive, it's anti-innovation, and it's... It just hurts people. It's middleman activity, and especially in this industry. It's like, fuck off with how early we are. I'll, that's all I'll say. Um, I'll always remember Apple, the swipe to unlock. Like, they patented that shit. Right. Like, fuck you. Just like, like a, pinch to zoom. Right. It's like just intuitive. Like if you're not going to have a keyboard, like this is what you would expect. No code, no code, just a couple bubbles. Good. You got this software patent. It's fucked. Um, Matt's favorite company, BlackFi, has raised oh, $50 million dollars, uh, in a Series A C round. Um, but see, like this is what a good dude I am. Like I had to put them in the list, even though I despise the rehypothecation as a service. Hey, I wanted this to be clear. I love Zach Prince. He's been on this podcast a couple times. He seems like a good dude. Seems he is like a good, good dude. dude. He is a good dude. He's a great dude. The, yeah, he is a good dude. But $400 million valuation on this company. Dude, who knows? I mean, they're getting a lot of... Hey, you may not like it, but people are using their service. It's no, not, I'm not shitting on the valuation. It's not, the valuation doesn't not make it's sense It's not personally in my risk appetite, but that's me. Like Other people have different risk appetites, and they're willing to risk it for BlockFi services. They're doing it. And I think they're onto something. I think people want the 6 to 8% or whatever they're getting on their Bitcoin. Um, I know Binance is offering it. I know Coinbase is about to offer it. Uh, we talked about this in the River podcast. Uh, I, I, I just... It still rubs me the wrong way that they did not only how they handled the leak of of customer data, but the fact that they are lending out this money. Uh, So so you have to trust them on that. So it's it's additional custodial risk. Um, But but that they required facial scans to to get your money after the personal attack, after after their data leaked. Right. So. Well, let's um, let's put it into context. They're based in New York. They probably have a bit license, and it's probably being forced upon them. I mean, I, I they just could don't have, think they, there's they, much pushback. They could have disclosed. They could have done the disclosure much better, I agree. But the information they need to gather may be a product of the regulatory environment in New York State. I think they're supporting a lot of shit coins and... If 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 you're gonna push back against that, like you should push back for user privacy at the same time. Yeah, and it was funny they were uh, <laughs> they sponsored the post where Portnoy was pumping and dumping coins. Was, uh, yeah, they're his sponsor now. Well, Gemini they use Gemini as their back end. They're going after Coinbase. They use Gemini as their back end. Um, Gemini just invested in this round as well. Uh, or uh, maybe not Gemini, but the Winklevi did. Maybe the Winklevi did in, individually. Yeah, I know Pomp was 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 an investor. I think through Morgan yeah Morgan Creek. Creek. Yeah, which is Pomp's uh, firm. Yeah, uh, hey. invested. And that's I mean, this is an open source system. May not be in your risk appetite. May not agree. I mean, they're definitely not open source, but it, they're definitely part of the permissionless aspect. Exactly. Yeah. If you want to use BlockFi, use BlockFi, but you're a fucking idiot if you do. <laughs> That's my nicest way of saying it. 
Uh, I'm trying to be nice. You're, this hey, is me trying to be nice. I'll, I'll take that. I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd say it's not my risk appetite. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Hey, who knows? Many people have pulled sats off there, made some money. Who knows? Uh, Marty cr- told you that Bitcoin is going to last for two thousand years, and you're going to try and get six percent in the meantime. Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, hey, not something I'm willing to do, but we'll see. Uh, Crypto Voices wrote about it in the newsletter today. Sorry, it was a late newsletter. Had a busy Thursday. They've been doing an incredible job of gathering and disseminating data uh, of the the global base monies that exist and, and how much there there is floating around the world right now. Obviously, the second quarter of 2020 had a lot of central banks around the world printing a lot of money as the COVID pandemic swept the world and the lockdown swept the world and economies were shut down. Uh, highly recommend you go check out the thread that they wrote. It is incredibly illuminating just to see how detach the the global monetary system is from any anchor of value whether it be a hard asset like gold or silver or something like bitcoin uh the the amount of money that's been printed ex nihilo uh over the last 50 years is pretty astonishing and shout out to matty mazinxius and fernando ulrich for it's hard work to gather all the data that they do so they go in and sort of dissect the balance sheets of central banks and governments around the world and add up how much total base money there is around the world denominated in U.S. dollars. Um, so I believe right now... Um, they are awesome. They really are. So right now... There's I a- always, every time I think of them, I just think of the dinner they hosted in, in Latvia. Such a good dinner. Yeah. I did not make that one, but sore subject. Right now, there's $23.7 trillion of base money right now. I believe gold is the number one. Even though it's not used as a base money, if you're going to pretend that it is used as a base money, it would be the, the number one base money in the world. Silver is somewhere far down the list. Bitcoin's number 12 right now, um, which is pretty surprising. Bitcoin, number 12 as a base money with gold included, number with gold and silver included, number 10 without them included. Uh, it wasn't on the list until 2016, at which point it, it, it joined the list at number 31. So the fact it has been higher. I believe it was at 11 in 2017 when we had the crazy bull market. But right now it's hovering around 12. Uh, and I think that's bullish. Like the Bitcoin's on the stage. It is a, considered a, a base money asset that um, that people are willing to get into. And, and thinking about the, the market cap of Bitcoin compared to the other base monies in front of it and the potential upside, especially if you go into another bull market, it is not hard so, to fathom that Bitcoin will climb this list. So I'm looking at the chart right now. Japan is number two. How behind, does behind like, gold? Right, right. And the United States is number three. And EU is number four. And China is number five. Why is Japan like, how does that make sense that Japan is number two? I don't understand. Like, how does that... Do you have any, yeah, any insight here? They started their QE in the 90s. So Japan's been printing money for three decades now, or the U.S. But ter- it's total valuation? It's total total valuation in U.S. dollar terms. So we're... So, so the amount yen of yen... is worth more than the dollar. No, there are more... Like market cap. The yen denominated in U.S. dollar market cap, yes, has a bigger free flow, but... 
take that with a grain of salt. But uh, then why are we denominating U.S. dollars in yen? Why are we denominating yen in, in U.S. dollars? You understand what I'm saying? Because you don't buy oil in yen. You buy it in dollars. You use the petrol. Like, why isn't yen the global reserve currency if they're number two? Because people aren't you Like, the yen has been printed and pushed in, like, the Bank of Japan and 75% of their ETF market. Or 90% of their ETF market. Something like 75% of their stock market. And so that's that's where those dollar-denominated yen are living. They're not permeating throughout the global economy. They're getting pushed right into that those equity indices. The Japanese should just buy USDC from Coinbase, and they should put it in BlockFi, and then they can get 8% interest or whatever it is. Hey. hey. I just want to say, with BlockFi, just, I just wish, like, I would give them less shit if they just explain the trade-offs better. Like, I feel like a new user doesn't understand the trade-offs, so I have to scream my head off to try and get through to those new users so they know about the trade-offs. If the trade-offs were just clearly obvious to the new user, then I wouldn't I wouldn't have to say shit. I could just keep my fucking mouth quiet. Yeah, you keep that mouth quiet over there, all right? We don't need you starting I, shit. I will not shut up. I know. Nor should you ever. Don't ever listen to me. Speak your mind. This is a, a game of individuals. Welcome to the realm. This has been a great episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. I had to go prepare for my dinner. Do you have anything you want to end it on, Matt? Stay humble, stack sets. Peace and love. <laughs>